Thank you, James. Let's pray as we look at this theme this morning, as God is unchanging. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, which endures forever, and that you are faithful and unchanging. We pray that you will show yourself to us this morning as you truly are in your glory and lift our hearts and our faces to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I haven't always looked as young as I do today, uh, believe it or not. Um, Over recent years, grey hair started appearing, wrinkles started appearing. Um, I can't run as far as I I used to do and so on. Uh, And of course, that's change, isn't it? Uh, It comes to all of us. You could look around at the city, could you, the city centre, and think how things have changed from when I was a teenager here uh, growing up in the city centre to today. Um, old things have gone, shopping centres have appeared, and so on. And, of course, at the moment in our news very much, we're very aware of how, of how temporary uh, things are, of how everything's changing, and the future looks very uncertain at the moment. Some of us find change exciting most of the time, Some of us find it very daunting most of the time. All of us find change difficult sometimes. Now, this series is called None Like Him. It's a reminder that although there are ways that God is like us and we're to become like him, there are also other ways in which God is quite unlike us and it helps us to recognize that and to celebrate that. And in this, as we look at those ones, the, the ways that we are not like God, that he's unlike us. Uh, and they're on the screen there. Those are the, the nine of this series. Uh, and looking today at the second one there, Unchanging. And as I mentioned last week, we showed a, a great book on this theme called None Like Him. It's wonderfully written by someone called Jen Wilkin. It's a beautiful read, very powerful, very heartwarming and biblically faithful. So do get one of those and read the very short chapters through on these topics and a couple of other ones as well she covers. It's on that resources table, just five pounds at the end. God today, we see, is unchanging. He never changes. We change, the world around changes, but God remains the same. And the thing about God is that He's always acting to bring about change. We've prayed this morning that he will bring about change in William, haven't we? That he might come to know Christ. He brings about change in everything around us in the universe. Making the sunshine, making plants grow. But nothing acts on God to change him. He is unchanging. He's the worker of change in everything else. And that's actually very good news that he doesn't change because it means that um, God cannot change for the better. He won't be more kind tomorrow than he already is because he's perfectly kind. It's good news. And it also means he can't change for the worse. He won't be less holy or less mighty tomorrow because he's already perfectly holy and mighty. We're just creatures. Okay, precious in God's image, but we're just creatures. Creatures change, but God the creator stays the same. So, t- today, this morning, we'll just look first of all uh, at that question, what do we really mean by this? Drill down into what it means to say God is unchanging. And then we're going to look in the second half at what that means for us. What's it mean that God is unchanging? At least three ways that God is unchanging in the Bible. 
The first is this. God is unchanging in his being, in who he simply is. The verse at the top of the sheets this morning, your service sheet, is uh, that verse on the screen there, Psalm 102, 25 to 27. So I'll just read that. You can follow it without having to turn your Bible uh, on your phone to... Psalm 102, it's there on the top of your service sheet. In the beginning, you laid the foundations of the earth. The heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like clothing. You will change them, and they'll be discarded. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. Now, if you were going to illustrate change in the world around you, what would you choose to show that? You'd choose, wouldn't you, something like a a flower that comes in spring, blossoms, fades, and then drops off again. So why does the psalm writer choose something that to the human eye appears not to change? He says, look at the heavens, the stars. They perish and wear, and we think, hang on, you know, um, they're not perishing. Mars was there last night, it's there again tonight. The galaxy is billions of light years away. They're all still there. But see what he's doing? He's taking something that appears to us to be very, very stable and saying, look, to God, to us it's stable. To God, it's just a temporary changing thing. The heavens will perish. God changes the stars like we change a piece of clothing. That's how unchanging God is compared to anything you can imagine. The highest mountain, the oldest star, They're just temporary to him. The heavens will perish, uh, says that uh, verse at the end there. Sorry, in the middle of our reading, top of your sheets there. They will perish. The sun, apparently, is already several thousand tons lighter as it burns than it was when I started this sermon a few minutes ago. The heavens will perish. Shadows lengthen and fade. Every created thing is changing and decaying. And the psalm writer says in that last verse, you alone, God alone, you remain the same. How reassuring that is, isn't it? You remain the same. Unchanging in his being. Second, unchanging in his character. Now here we're in the Bible reading that Patrick read just now, so do turn back to that, page 93. Exodus 34 particularly verses 6 and 7. Those are the key verses here. Where God passes in front of Moses proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate, gracious God, slow to anger, this is the middle of verse 6, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Now this statement from God is one of the most repeated descriptions of God in the Bible. This is a, you know, it's a read-my-lips moment from God here. He's saying, this is who I am. Remember this. And you see those, the two sides to it? The weight's much on the first one. God is compassionate towards his people, but it's also not trivial. He's just in punishing sin. This revelation of God, this key moment comes in Exodus here, Because as we've seen, if you're here in recent weeks as a church, God made that covenant, his binding commitment with his people to be their God and and they his people. 
But they immediately broke that covenant at Sinai with the golden calf they built and worshipped. An idol instead of God. And God said, well, that's it. Um, you've broken the covenant. And Moses had to step in and pray that God would show mercy. And this pair of verses here is God saying, I've heard your prayer. I'm remaking that covenant with you because I'm not a God that simply changes my character. I'm consistently compassionate, gracious, but I don't trifle with sin. So he remakes the covenant, and these words are his promise that that's the God that you are now committed to. There are actually seven words he uses to describe himself here. Uh, We're just going to very quickly run through those. Compassionate, he hears their cries. Gracious, uh, he freely gives his unconditional favor. He's slow to anger, not quickly riled. Abounding in love and faithfulness. Covenant love that's strong and sure. Maintaining love to thousands. That's just a way of saying, I'm not stingy with my love. Forgiving sins. And then at last, the seventh one is the flip side. Not leaving guilt unpunished. Compassionate, abounding in love. Faithful, but also not trivial. He'll always love and forgive the sins of all who come to him. And he demands undivided loyalty in return. Now, I'm not like that. Depending how much sleep I've had, I'm quite capable of being very kind to our children one day uh, and then losing my patience the next. But God doesn't change his character overnight or in the blink of an eye. Uh, He shows himself here to, to the people as this God He showed himself to Moses back in Exodus 3, verse 14, as the I am, the I will be with you, the unchanging God. He's the same all the way through the Old Testament with his people, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of David and Ruth and Samuel. And in Christ, he's the same unchanging God in the New Testament. Jesus, we're told by John in chapter 1, it's on the screen there, came from the Father full of grace and truth. Those are exactly the same words in the original as God used in Exodus 34. Abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness in grace and truth. You can translate those words. Full of grace and truth. Same God, thousands of years later. Uh, And more than that, we're told that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. That's Hebrews 13, verse 8. He saved his disciples then. He will save you and me now. And he will save our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren for all time to come and tomorrow. Unchanging in his character. Wonderful news again, isn't it? Thirdly, his being, his character, his purpose, unchanging in his purpose. James 1 verse 17, I've put that on the screen to save you flicking to it. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He doesn't change. 
Now, if you think about it, it can be very disconcerting kind of to, to work with someone who keeps changing their mind. Now, one day they say, look, the, the, the dress code for work is we wear smart. That's the dress code. You come in the next day wearing your suit, and they say, what are you wearing? Um, I've changed my... It's casual. As a, as a bit. That's what we do here. And you think, where are we going? What's the way forward? Let's, let's decide and stick to it. God doesn't change his mind. He says that in Malachi 3. His purposes were set from eternity, in fact. Not even in history, but in eternity, he said his purposes to save the world through Jesus Christ before the world began, in Christ, and forever. He doesn't change his mind. So again, one or two other places in the Bible say the same thing, Hebrews 6, 17. Um, he made the, che- the unchanging nature of God's promise clear when he sent Christ. And in 1 Samuel, he's not a human being. God's not a human being that he should change his mind. He's not like us in this way. We're always changing our mind. Who we vote for, which football team we support, whether we like tea or coffee better, God doesn't do that. The preacher A.W. Pink put it like this. He said, one of two things makes a man change his plans. Lack of foresight to anticipate everything or lack of power to execute them. But God lacks neither knowledge nor power and has no need to revise his decrees. So that's just great, isn't it? No banana skins with God. No surprises around the corner that we didn't see coming. And in case you're asking, you know, what, what about the place in the Bible where it says God changed his mind about something, like after the golden calf incident, Exodus 32, where God relented of destroying his people when Moses prayed for them. Well, God may change his ways in response to how we respond to him, that we can understand him better, but he doesn't change his will. He may change his ways, he won't change his will. C.S. Lewis said, I pray not to change God, but that he may change me. So that's God, unchanging in his being, in his character, and in his purposes, his plans. This is such good news. I've just got four ways we're going to uh, finish with. Brief thoughts on how this is good news, who this is good news for. Firstly, this is good news to the weary. Maybe you've had experience of seeing change and finding it hard that the house you grew up in has been bought up and transformed by someone else and looks different. Or a relationship that went sour, a friendship or a marriage perhaps, and it just feels broken and your heart is broken. Well, Agatha Christie said of marriage actually, she said, a woman marries a man with a foolish notion that she can change him. A man marries a woman with a ridiculous idea she'll always be the same. That's true of us all. The people change. The world changes. And for some, that's deeply exhausting. We like things as they were. It unsettles us. It makes us nervous. Human sin, of course, just makes the process of natural change accelerate more. It breaks things faster. But God never changes. Relationships fail. The earth wears out. But he remains the same forever. He's the rock on which I can build my life. 
but everything else is shifting sand. So take those words from the psalm to heart. The heavens will perish, Lord, but you remain. Great comfort for the weary. Also, though, for the weak, the weak in spirit, maybe you're battling a particular sin at the moment. It plagues your conscience. You know it's wrong. You just don't seem to be able to resist it. That temper, that greed, whatever it is. And you fear that one day you'll go too far and God won't forgive you again. And we are warned, as we saw, not to presume upon God's mercy, but we're also called and encouraged to trust in his mercy, to rely upon it. The Lord, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love. His door is open through Christ's death for us to come with our sins and have them washed away. His heart abounds with love, his habits to forgive sins. He's as ready to receive you now as he has ever been. Maybe you're feeling wobbly and weak in other ways, doubts, trials. Well, God never changes. As we come to him in a time of need, we not, need not fear that he's going to suddenly become unreceptive to us, which he wasn't yesterday. He won't do that. He welcomes us, whether we're miserable and hesitant or confident and joyful. A.W. Tozer said, Today, this moment, he feels towards his creatures, towards babies, William, the sick, the fallen, the sinful, exactly as he did when he sent his only begotten son to die for mankind. Exactly the same. He won't turn you away. He never changes. There is, though, news here, perhaps a challenge for the worldly. Good news for the weak, good news for the weary, but what about the worldly? Well, what a contrast here between the unchanging God and this changing world that we so invest ourselves in sometimes. You know, we, we build castles in the air, money, career, even relationships, even ourselves. We put our trust in there, and all these things are one day going to fade and die. We even put our trust in, in how religious we are rather than in actually Christ, God's gift to us. The duties we perform, the rituals we do. Well, please, please, do not build your life. Let me not build mine on the unstable sand of things I have and do in this world, but on the rock of Christ. Come to him today. Ask us at the end how you can take a step towards putting your trust in Christ. Lastly, what about the worried? And there may be a number of us this morning feeling this. In our nation at the moment, many are fearful, aren't we, of what the next few weeks and months will look like. Where is God in all this? As we're worried about being sick, about others being sick, about losing loved ones. Our fears may be other things. Challenges at work coming up or failure in personal life. Well, no loss, no fate can change God and his grace to us. Nothing can take the security we have for eternity in him. He's the same today as he was yesterday and will be tomorrow. 
The same to Moses in the desert, the disciples in the upper room, to you as you walk out here and go into your week, to all of us next month and next year and into eternity. He is our faithful, unchangeable friend whose love is as great as his power and knows neither measure nor end. So I finish with these words. Paul says in Corinthians, these three remain, faith and hope and love. Everything else passes away, he says. Everything else you invest yourself in, but these three remain. So actually, it's not true, is it? We've seen this to say that one thing only is certain, and that's change, because actually that's not true. It's not true with God. The only thing that's certain is that God doesn't change, actually. But actually, Paul says, these three things don't change, either. These do go into eternity with you, unchanging and perfect, faith and hope and love. And what a great reminder to us as we finish that we can pray this morning, and do just take some of the quiet at the end of the service, perhaps to do this, that we can learn to welcome the change he works in our hearts that's good, putting faith and hope and love in us. That we can learn to allow his purpose and will to guide us and not to be tossed here and there by every wind of false teaching and temptation. We can learn to root ourselves in showing the love of Christ because that remains to being steadfast and immovable in his work because that's not in vain and to hold on to our faith without wavering whatever life may throw at us because faith and hope and love remain. So we're going to pray in a moment, but here's a question over coffee this morning. How might the truth that God is unchanging be reassuring to you this week? You could just, again, have a bit of quiet to reflect on that now and uh, when the service finishes, but let's talk to each other how that might help us this week as well. Let's pray. Lord God, we pray that you will fill our minds with praise at your greatness. A being who is unchanging in the midst of worlds and empires and nations that are so variable. Help us to rejoice that while we are weak and frail, that we break like sticks, we are like fading flowers, that in you we find eternal security. And we pray that you'll turn our hearts from things that are temporary and not eternal and give us courage and resilience to use the time you give us to meet every call to love, to clothe the hungry, to share the good news with those who need Christ the rock, to forgive, to love all, and to live lives that put our trust not in ourselves, but in your unchanging nature and love. In Jesus' name, amen.